You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. We are coming to you from the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. This is your Library Insider. Greg, our Reader's Advisory Librarian, joins us for this episode of Did You Hear? to discuss the great books of 2019. Library staff nominated notable books from this past year, and Greg led the effort to select just 50 titles. Get ready to add to your to-read list, but first, our weekly word. Pulchritudinous. Beautiful. Hey there, it's Did You Hear? I'm Dave Carson. And I'm Melissa Horak Hearn. Today's episode is for lovers. Book lovers, that is. We asked library staff to nominate notable books from this past year. Notable? What do we mean by notable? I think we're going to figure that out during this discussion. Oh, is that why we've got that guy super over there? secret guest. Greg Windsor. Hi, how you doing, Greg? Hey, guys. Welcome nice. to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, we, we asked uh, our library staff to nominate these notable books, and this is our first annual Johnson County Library Notable Book List. Greg, you're part of uh, Reader's Advisory. Are you the Reader's Advisory Librarian? I am a Reader's Advisory Librarian. Technically, uh, what I do, uh, which is Reader's Advisory is a librarian nerd term for connecting people with uh-huh. books. And it's something that every everybody on the in the uh, in the library system should be doing. Sure. And uh, it's just something that I just uh, as kind of a specialty. I have a, a committee, a group of people that help me with this. And together, uh, we put together this list of uh, books that came out this year that everyone really needs to know about. Yeah, and so this group of people... I, He's too modest to mention it, but he's uh-huh. kind of a big deal in the library world. Oh, stop. He is on the board of something called Library Reads. Yes, and this is, and that's kind of, uh, and that's a roundabout way how I kind of came up with the idea of this list. Um, I'm a big believer in kind of collective knowledge. I mean, I might know a lot of things about a lot of things, but together with a group of people, we always know more. And I, as a singular book expert, you know, quote unquote, may have some good ideas about the books that came out this year. But if I pull a group of librarians who are all lovers of literature and reading and pool all of their ideas together, I would get a much better list collectively than just one that I just made up myself. So I understand that this list has over 50 titles on it. Absolutely. Exactly 50. 50, Yeah. How I did is is, uh, divided uh, all of the adult books. There's no uh, teen or or young or kind of children's books on this list into 10 different categories. And I had um, uh, all the JCL staff kind of nominate books that they've read that have come out this year that they think that uh, we need to know about. And then I um, we selected them and kind of cut them into five per each category. Do you remember how many total nominations you had? Well, the uh, and I will um, actually, I will take a moment to correct Dave. This is the second year that we've done the Notable List. Yes, I started off as just as a a goofy idea last year, and I came out with a a great list. We had about 60 um, uh, kind of staff members throughout the Johnson County Library Uh nominate. And so we we made this list, and we put it out to libraries, and we got some great feedback. And so when I came back and solicited nominations for 2019— I over double uh, the the amount of feedback, so I had over 150 uh, oh, nominations, wow. which was really really <laughs> cool, cool and exciting. So cool. yeah, I'm excited. 
Wow. So um, it's the second annual, but it's the first for the podcast. Yes, yes. first annual podcast. <sighs> about okay. the Absolutely. So I think we'll give you a pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we deserve cake no matter what. Yes. So it's our first annual Johnson County Library Notable Book List that we've mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. So let's go to it. Well, and, and before we begin, I, I kind of have to take issue with uh, that you guys taking issue with the word notable, right? No, we just want to know what it means. Yeah, oh, okay. what does notable mean to well, JCL? It's kind of a, I, I'm not a big fan of the term, but whenever you get to this type of year, you get, you run into the phrase best of, yes. right? You have best of the year and best of from Amazon and the best of from Library Journal and the best of from Publishers Weekly and Kirkus and all these book related uh, entities out there putting out their best of the year. Sure. And we as librarians, or at least I, am uncomfortable with a library putting the label best on yeah. a book because these, you know, New York Times and, and Library Journal and these people are critics, right? And they are professionally, well, hopefully professional critics with professional backgrounds. Whereas here at the library, something doesn't necessarily have to be you know, impeccably award-winningly written for it to be of value to somebody, right? Sure, absolutely. And so, and, and also, the word "best of" implies like a value judgment out there, which I'm not necessarily yeah, we comfortable don't do that. with. There's books out there that I'm not necessarily fans of that that doesn't do it for me, but they absolutely do it for another patron out there. And so, whenever we say "notable," that's uh, a less loaded term, and that means that, to my mind, hey, this is something that you should be aware of to try <laughs> nice. to yeah take note of. I this. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Not best of. No, not best of. Just notable. Notable. Things that you should be aware of. And uh, it was really interesting. I don't really, I didn't tell what categories, you know, whenever I solicited this list from staff. So I got this avalanche of, of nominations from, ah. from staff. And then I kind of sliced and diced them into different categories. Well, so and what are some of these categories? Absolutely. Well, uh, if you want to, I could kind of run them down real quick. Please do. Um, one is, uh, I kind of divided them, uh, biography, memoir, then fantasy graphic novel, historical fiction, history, literary fiction, mystery thriller, romance, science fiction, and sciences. We've talked about a couple of those different genres on the show before, but could you give us just like a one-sentence brief on what each of those categories mean? Absolutely. Well, biography and memoir, these are, um, you know, nonfiction um, uh, titles are always extremely popular. And uh, this is like, you know, books written about something or about a person or even from a person. Um, And then there's uh, the fantasy novel. Um, Fantasy and science fiction are perpetually melded together into uh, kind of co-joined categories. I'm not a big believer in that. I think that both uh, categories are separate. They're both different, doing different things. That's right. One has dragons and one has spaceships. One has dragons and one has the spaceships. The dragons do not fly spaceships. Absolutely. Well, you're not reading the books that I'm reading, (laughs) but yeah. And then there's the graphic novels. Um, Over the year, kind of graphic novels have really kind of gained um, some some, uh, respect in the marketplace, and they're not just superheroes. And as a matter of fact, uh, none of the the graphic novels on on this list of the five are superhero uh, type... um, uh, books. Uh, historical fiction, these are books that are set in a different time other than ours. They have some basis in, in reality. Um, then as opposed to the history, books about a certain t- period or, or a topic in history. 
um, literary fiction. These are books that um, kind of about what the big questions of life, right? The what what does it mean to be human? About liter- these are your great book club kind of discussable type books. Um, mystery and thriller, again, two different categories, but a little bit more smushable, and so I kind of pushed them together. Uh-huh. Um, romance, uh, romance novels account for by themselves roughly 25%, if not more, of the publishing market. And uh, they are finally getting the respect they deserve as a, as a category. Um, science fiction and then sciences. And these are books kind of about kind of sociology or, or technology or something about um, the world that we live in that people right want on. to know about. Very good. Yeah, yeah I, I have been keeping these books a surprise to myself. Okay. Like, when I knew that you were going to be on the podcast with us, I decided oh, not to look at the list yet so that it would be a big surprise, and I cannot wait to find out what's okay, on so, it. Okay, so, um, Melissa, tell me, what is a category that you're interested in hearing about? History. History. Uh, okay, great. History. Uh, we have, uh, out of the five um, books that, uh, that, you should be, uh, that you should absolutely have on your list, one of the ones that jumped out to me is a book called The Gods of the Upper Air, <gasps> yes. How a Circle of Renegade Anthropologists Reinvented Ray Sex and Gender in the 20th Century by Charles King. That is an insanely long title, but it's really fascinating. It's about um, kind of early 20th century, these kind of sociologists kind of started thinking about cultures and kind of taking it from a, a viewpoint where on one side of the scale there was these civilized cultures and then the other side of the scale there was these primitive backward cultures and that everything, every culture could be set on this sliding scale, right? And these sociologists and anthropologists and historians kind of came together and posited that, hey, maybe race and culture and sex and circumstance are all part of the uh, of the uh, experience of making a culture and that there is no kind of progressive uh, wave, you know, that uh, of superior and inferior cultures that they're all yes. just kind of part of the same thing. And how how uh, that simple concept really shook the established foundation of the the scientific world at the time. Um, just kind of reading about this book, Zora Neale Hurston, who is a world award winning um, uh, author. Um, she was part of this wave. She was uh, studied in in college and was part of this kind of cultural wave and a lot of her that uh, was put into her writings as and her eyes were watching God. So that's something that I have on my personal radar that I can't wait to to read about. It's on my Kindle right now. Excellent. <laughs> I studied sure? anthropology, so I was kind of drawn to it. Are you anyway. sure you haven't read this list yet? I have not read the list. Okay, yet, I okay. I, I'll almost believe. I'm you. just an anthro nerd. Okay, that's good. <laughs> now, Dave, what, what what kind of category interests you? What are you excited to hear about? Well, Greg, I'm a people person. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And so uh, I really like to hear uh, the stories of uh, folks from all different walks of life. And so um, tell me about some uh, memoirs. Or, okay, or some biography and memoirs. Yeah. There's some good ones here. One that jumped out at me uh, is Deep Creek, Finding Hope in the High Country by Pam Houston. Uh, Pam Houston is a, uh, is a writer and essayist, and uh, this and this book is kind of a personal journey. She bought like a 140-acre farm in rural Colorado, and um, kind of and kind of retreats to it and taught and writes about how 
living on this ranch and kind of uh, and, and kind of owning and running this ranch and kind of dealing with the animals that live on it has kind of healed her. She has a history of uh, physical and emotional abuse in her life and how the simple act of, of kind of caretaking for the land and caretaking these animals has helped heal her and become made her whole again. Um, it's a lot. It has a lot of lessons uh, about it. If you've liked um, like Cheryl Strayed or have you read Wild, uh, those types of things, you'll find a lot to love in this book. Um, also, another one that jumped out at me, The Lady from the Black Lagoon, Hollywood Monsters and the Lost Legacy Ooh. of Millicent Patrick by Mallory O'Meara. Um, Millicent Patrick was one of the as a uh, was one of the few females working in Hollywood when it comes to like costume and set design. So the creature ah. of the Black Reg- Lagoon, the classic black and white movie, was kind of that creature was her creation. She was the one oh, in wow. charge of making Very this. Cool. And how, if you're a fan of classic cinema, these names of these artists and people who have create put so much love and attention into these monsters that are part of our cultural landscape are kind of forgotten. So she, uh, this Mallory O'Meara, she kind of went through and had to dig through some pictures and archives to find out this Millicent Patrick, her story, how she came to work in Hollywood and working kind of surrounded by by men in a field where, where you know, women weren't always welcome. And uh, her story is absolutely fascinating. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, l- l- let me uh, turn the tables on you. So, sure. uh which category are you most interested in, Greg? Oh, man, you can't ask me that, Dave. <laughs> no, it's it's like asking me, you know, which is which is my favorite child. But like I said, I have opinions of my own, and I'm yeah, normally... But you see, you see, the difference is that the children can react to... That's true. If you say, but but this is just a list. <laughs> this I mean, is just a, a list. category. Okay. So that makes not... it more unfair. The books can't defend themselves. <laughs> well, we'll try to we'll try our best to kind of uh, defend these books. If left to my own devices, I would probably stay in the mystery thriller category. And one that really jumped out at me that I really loved is on my own personal top ten list is City of Windows by Robert Poby. This is a a thriller, but in in a field dominated by psychological thrillers, this is almost kind of like a '70s or '80s throwback, almost like a, an airport read. Mm. That's just that just delivers smart, elegant, fun mystery action. Uh, the the bit is that a, a sniper is loose in New York City during one of the uh, the biggest blizzards on record, and uh, the FBI calls in a profiler that's you know out of the game, but gets brought back in for one last case to who has a special ability to visualize trajectories of the assassin's bullets and can kind of track down uh, the location. And to put matters worse is that the the main character is um, has uh, has uh, was damaged by an IED uh, that exploded, so he has physical um, uh, abilities that he has to overcome by to solving this crime. Mm. It's really smart. It's really fun, and the pages fly at roughly the speed of light. So this wow. is going to be a great, a great, uh, great for your old school thriller writers. Yeah, I think I just found my mom's Christmas present. Mm. Also, Thanks, another Greg. thing, not only is this uh, list good for just finding good stuff to read, but end of the year, a lot of people are buying um, gifts. Uh, and so if you're looking for just a good book, if, you, if you're 
you know, if your partner or a friend or a family member yeah. likes a genre that you yourself aren't really knowledgeable about, this is, yeah, this what is a so smart. Yeah, That's so sure. smart, Greg. Well, you know, uh, so why don't I go ahead and be self-serving and say, hey, my daughter loves graphic novels, so why don't we go there next? Absolutely. Graphic novels, like I said, this is a, a really, really strong list this year. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I've heard, uh, Good Talk, a memoir in conversations by Mira Jacob. It is, uh, it's in the biography section, but it's also uh, the main character kind of takes these uh, kind of uh, sociological and racially charged questions that we're all living in, and she puts them in graphic format. So if you're uh, looking to kind of grapple with some of these uh, topics, that was going to be an excellent one for you. Another one is Kid Gloves, Nine Months of Careful Chaos by Lucy Kinsley. Oh, I love um, her. Yeah, she wrote um, a, a, an Relish. Unbo- Relish, yeah, about kind of life in the kitchen and yep. kind of cooking. She, in this one, she uh, writes and draws about her experience trying to become a mother. She wanted to be a mother uh, even when she was a little girl. And as she grew up, grew up and kind of found a partner, um, the road to motherhood is a really tough one for her. She, mm-hmm. uh, she has to visit fertility clinics and, and deals with miscarriages and kind of the emotional trauma of this journey and then uh, she kind of sidetracks and talks about kind of the uh, hospitals and kind of middle midwives and kind of the the entire culture around motherhood and it's also a personal journey uh, that ends with uh, her of course being a mother which is really uh, a wonderful uh, wonderfully written and touching journey and um, lastly, uh, They Called Us Enemy by George Takai, uh, who is, uh. of course, Sulu on Star Trek. And he writes about his um, ordeal as a child of being uh, rounded up into internment camps, yeah. being a, a Japanese uh, immigrant from, in California during sure. World War II. And so uh, it tells you how... how how you know how close to those times that we still are in his personal journey and how it affected him yeah. um, as well as uh, his viewpoint on this country uh, really really powerful stuff yeah his story is really powerful just as it is but in that format i checked it out back a couple months ago and in that format it really shines and what i found most interesting was i didn't really get to read it beyond the first two or three pages because my six-year-old found it Hmm. on my bedside table and stole it from me (laughs) and of course didn't understand anything that was going on in it but understood enough that he had a lot of questions that he brought to me and it started a really cool conversation in our house about that time and how recent it was and how it still impacts people and how we should treat each other. Absolutely. I'm really happy that in this day and age, graphic novels are not treated as books for children, that they really yeah. can grapple with adult um, you know, sensibilities and, and big time thoughts. And that can just be as intellectually stimulating as any Pulitzer Prize winner. And it pulls on so many. I mean, it pulls on your sense of sight and your, you know, your imagination when it comes to putting the text and the pictures together. And, mm-hmm. and as a whole, it really creates a lot more than that topic could have if it was just if he had just written a memoir. Absolutely. That is fascinating. 
Also, I would like to point out that this year I personally made a concerted effort to read more romance novels. Um, romance is not a, a genre that I really uh, delved much into, you know, as a as a reader. But as a as a librarian, I have to re- I have to kind of read for all different you know groups of people. And so sure. I uh, so the last couple of years I've been really kind of asking for recommendations of friends, and I would like to tell you guys about a, a romance novel. This one is called uh, The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary, and it is a, a wonderful throwback to kind of those Bridget Jones diary 90s vibe, you know, uh-huh. things. Um, and of course, looking back on it, that they, we called it Chick Lit back yep. in the day, remember? Yep. Of course, now we know that Chick Lit is just romance novels, just kind of they had to call it something different to make it acceptable for people to so to if you're differentiate reading, it like from those harlequins absolutely and of course it's all the same thing yeah. but you know it's kind of it is also interesting again how far we've come in such a short time but uh, this one is just a, a really charming novel about uh, two characters who share a flat in London one of them is a night shift nurse uh, Leon he, he kind of um, he, he's out at night and then sleeps during the day and then Tiffy is a, uh, a young lady who works as a copy editor for a small publishing company and so she has kind of the, the the evening shift and so they both they never see each other because they share the flat under different times and so they get to know each other by leaving post-it notes on the fridge like you know it's hey it's your turn to do the dishes hey next time you know make sure you have your laundry fold up but as the novel progresses they both start to kind of involve themselves into each other's lives a bit more and more and then when they finally meet you're so invested in their their journey as characters and you just really root for them to to fall in love and 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 to kind of overcome their difficulties and it's such a refreshing uh, charming, wonderful novel to spend your time with. I highly recommend it. Yeah, that premise is not one that you normally hear. It's not a trope that they usually push. No, but it's it is. There's one a trope out there for pretty much every taste. You know, there's <laughs> so true. There's like friends to lovers, and you know, um, secret baby, and all these types of uh, novelist is one of our readers' advisory databases, and you can actually look up romance novels by the trope that you like. So if you like the you know meet cute you know uh, first time love type romances, or maybe you you uh, two characters who are at each other's throats when they first you know, meet each other, but then fall in love through the course of the book whatever trope there is there's a we have a book for it fantastic you know my if we're going to be self-serving here my husband is a big sci-fi fan so why don't we wrap up with you giving us a couple of hits off of the sci-fi list absolutely another strong list this year um one that I was struck by is called The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley. It is a, a, it's a, a novel set from the point of view of a, kind of like a grunt in this interstellar army. And as the emperor empire that kind of runs this army beams them to different parts of the of the universe to fight in these kind of never-ending wars they have to use faster than light travel and uh as the main character progresses through these through the novel he realizes that have i been in this war before have i met this person before even though they don't know who i am and realizing that he's jumping around in time 
while he's fighting these battles. It's really smart and really fun and interesting. But one of the most powerful novels that I've read this year falls under this category. It's called This Is How You Lose the Time War by Max Gladstone and Amal El Motar. And it's, um, it's an epistolary novel, a novel written in letters between these two, I guess, soldiers of warring kind of empires who, again, maybe a theme that they're both traveling through time to kind of defeat the other, right? Mm. So one of them you know, has hatches a plot to take over a people and the other person goes back into time and so thwarts that. And so, and they both know of each other and they both hate each other because they're on opposite sides of this war. But one of them leaves a message for the other, and they get to, and they start writing messages to each other. And, and these two creatures, these entities, are powerful and very, very good at what they do. But they don't really. But they realize that the only person who understands what they're going through is their rival. <laughs> and so, their this rivalry comes to friendship, and then comes to something much, much more. And what I really, was wondering if this was going to go the direction of the flat share. No, no, no. This is a different, <laughs> different category than the flat share. But what really uh, makes this uh, a really special book is almost the way it's written. These are, it's almost like dark, fractured poetry. It's the huh. the lines are powerful, and the the message so of these two characters want to meet to each other, and it really makes. It really blows, it kind of really expands what your mind of what fiction is and what it can do, yeah. uh, which is what kind of what we're all here for yep. as far as I'm concerned, is why we all pick up a book as opposed to firing something up on the, on the internet or checking our Twitter or finding something on Netflix. These are the types of emotions that I want out of a book, uh, and these are the things that you'll find at your library. Beautiful. Yeah, and, and you know... Maybe this is just opinion, but it, it sure seems like the, the sci-fi genre is the one that uh, people do take more risks than others. Um, and, and maybe that's just, I don't know why. But <laughs> Well, you'll find in every category, you're going to find authors that are really pushing boundaries, um, yeah. especially, again, in this day and age when you have so many other entertainment options to, to choose from. Right. As an author, you kind of have to do something to make your your you know story make people sit up and take notice of you and uh and and i'm a big and again i'm a big believer in kind of casting that net out wide of asking a bunch of librarians to kind of come forward with the things that made them you know think twice that made them immerse themselves into a different world and uh i'm i'm just i i can never get enough of it yeah you know you, you hear the expression there's nothing new under the sun but uh you find that uh with you know, books, people are coming up with new things all the time. As and long as we have imaginations, yeah. there's not going to be a limit to what we can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, huh? Well, what do you say we do a quick run through all the titles, but without a synopsis? Okay. And that way um, people will have it. You and and then after that, we'll mention how they can get a physical copy or where they can find a digital copy of this. Okay, so you're going to want to run through all 50 titles. Yes, let's okay, do are it. You, are you ready for this, Dave? I'm ready for this. Are you truly it, prepared for this onslaught of awesomeness that's coming your wait, way? Wait, hold on. Okay, wait for it. Okay, no. Okay, cool. Okay, so uh, history and, uh, or excuse me, biography and memoir. <laughs> <laughs> so biography and memoir. Deep Creek, Finding Hope in the High Country by Pam Houston. Inheritance, a memoir of genealogy, paternity, and love by Danny Shapiro. The Lady from the Black Lagoon, Hollywood Monsters and the Lost Legacy of Millicent Patrick by Mallory O'Meara. 
Maybe you should talk to someone, a therapist, her therapist, and our lives revealed by Lori Gottlieb. Solitary by Alfred Woodfox. Next up, Fantasy. Middle Game by Seanan McGuire. The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie. The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. And Storm Cursed by Patricia Briggs. Graphic Novel. Bloom by Kevin Panetta and Savannah Nauschow. Good Talk, a Memoir in Conversations by Mira Jacob. Just Peachy, Comics About Depression, Anxiety, Love, and Finding the Humor in Being Sad by Holly Chisholm. Kid Gloves, Nine Months of Careful Chaos by Lucy Nisley. They Called Us Enemy by George Takai, Justin Isinger, Stephen Scott, and Harmony Becker. By the way, I feel like the announcers at the, at the Oscars <laughs> that are reading exactly off the That was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe if I'm done with the library gig, I can do that yeah, one Yeah, well. you've got a second <laughs> career on tap. Next up, historical fiction. A Bend in the Stars by Rachel Berenbaum. The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. The Seven or Eight Deaths of Stella Fortuna by Juliet Grahams. The Stationery Shop by Marjan Kamali. Next up, history. Big Sister, Little Sister, Red Sister. Three Women at the Heart of 20th Century China by Zheng Chang. The Crowded Hour, Theodore Roosevelt, The Rough Riders, and the Dawn of the American Century by Clay Risen. Crusaders, An Epic History of the Wars of the Holy Lands by Dan Jones. D-Day Girls, The Spies Who Armed the Resistance, Sabotaged the Nazis, and Helped Win World War II by Sarah Rose. Gods of the Upper Air, How a Circle of Renegade Anthropologists Reinvented Race, Sex, and Gender in the 20th Century by Charles King. Okay, so that's the first side of this list, yes. and I think we should allow uh, Greg to go ahead and take a sip out of his coffee mug, <laughs> which I'll go ahead and do the play-by-play. It is a Voldemort, uh, Harry Potter-themed <laughs> Potter uh, cup. Um, it's got a lot of phrases from Harry Potter, uh, some Harry Potter glasses. Yes. And it's magical because it just flew up off the table and turned into an owl. And it's, That uh, was pretty cool. And I like they my... Can't, Melissa, they can't see this, so I can really say whatever I want. I'm disappointed, Dave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you should have kept that one in your pocket for something way more exciting than a cup turning into an owl. And now, uh, side two. Literary fiction, Ask Again, Yes, by Mary Beth Keene. Normal People by Sally Rooney. On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. The Topeka School by Ben Lerner. Next up, Mystery Thriller. Big Sky by Kate Adkinson. City of Windows by Robert Poby. Heaven My Home by Attica Locke. Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. The Lost Man by Jane Harper. The Romance Category. Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. The Right Swipe by Alicia Rye. And The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. Moving on to science fiction. A Boy and His Dog at the End of the World by C.A. Fletcher. The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders. The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley. Recursion by Blake Crouch, and This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. And finally, Sciences. Because Internet, 
Understanding the New Rules of Language by Gretchen McCulloch. Bottle of Lies, the Inside Story of the Generic Drug Boom by Catherine Eben. Buzz, Sting, Bite, Why We Need Insects by Anne Sverdup Tigesen. Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed for Men by Catherine Credo Perez. And finally, Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? Big Questions from Tidy Mortals About Death by Caitlin Dowdy. And the award goes to? <laughs> all no, of them. All of them. Every there single notable Every single An extra them. award goes to any author whose name I mispronounced. I apologize. In <laughs> well, Greg, that was a mouthful. And so... <laughs> that was <laughs> impressive, brother. sure to appreciate you... Uh, 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 you know, going through every single title on the list. And you are but, you going to be able to put these online, right? Yes, absolutely. So so that's uh, where I wanted to go next. But um, for, for those that are only going to encounter this list through the podcast, um, it's very nice that you, you did go through every single title. However, there are a couple other ways that folks can access this list. If you look at the show notes for this podcast episode, you can click and go to our website where there is a PDF of the 2019 Notable Books list. Uh, you can also stop in at any Johnson County Library location and you will see this very lovely, um, uh, nice, nice graphic presentation of uh, our 2019 notable books. Uh, it has kind of a burnt orange it's, heading it's to it orange. with uh, white bold letter uh, headings and then uh, horizontal bars uh, alternating lighter um Lighter orange and a darker orange. What, they may what not font need... is this printed in, Dave? Well, it is sans source. I bet you didn't think I knew that, but it is sans no, source. I assumed that you did. Um, <laughs> this level of detail is truly Im- immersive. So uh, there, there are some covers of, uh, you know, a, a book that represents each genre. They're all divided up in genre. Every single uh, book that Greg listed is printed on there, and so you can take that with you and. Go to the catalog and start reserving all of those notable books. Do it. Ow. Oh, Do and it look, now. Dave just turned into an owl. It's magic. <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, no. Thanks for listening, folks. Thank you so much for having me today, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Who? <laughs> Did we miss a question you wish we would have asked? Do you have thoughts or stories about today's topic? Share them with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jocolibrary. And now our writer's quote of the day. Hi, this is Bree Hansen, and I am an information specialist librarian at the Blue Valley Library. My quote is from Jane Austen, a fondness for reading, which properly directed must be an education in itself. Thank you. We leave you with sounds from one of our locations. It's your audio minute we call Library Zen.
For more episodes of Did You Hear, go to the Johnson County Library website, jocolibrary.org slash didyouhear.